Welcome back to Podcast 78 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. Follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Oddsbreakers and follow us on social media slash The Oddsbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by this season. For the best contests in all the land, please visit www.theszn.com slash OB. Play with thousands of people for thousands of dollars. If you'd like to support The Oddsbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theosbreakers.com, click shop, become a member, pick any for winning cappers, get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Osbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. Another weekend of football in the books, my friends. And we have a lot to discuss. Lots of good, lots of bad, and lots of ugly. But before I get to all that, I'm going to do a quick recap and let you know that we are always looking for talent here at the Odds Breakers. Could use a few more basketball folks, whether it be NBA or NCAA. Please inquire us on our website or on Twitter at the Odds Breakers or info at the oddsbreakers.com via email. Wow, did uh, the NFL look just turbulent yesterday? You know, I, I find it funny that they call this the most efficient sport. When it comes to handicapping or or betting, right? The most efficient market when it comes to the lines. I, I'm not sure if I believe that. And what do you mean by efficient? Meaning it's really hard to move these lines and uh, maybe they don't move that much. Well, that's possible. But is it really efficient that the lines get blown out by over 25 or 30 points? You know? The Rams, as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, lose by a touchdown. The Bills lose outright to the Patriots. No metric said that, by the way. There's nobody's metrics that had the Patriots less than a seven-point favorite against the Bills. Mine was higher. I didn't bet that game, but for other reasons. The Giants beating the Commanders outright as a three-point dog as a ten-point swing. The Buccaneers not covering and losing outright, you know. The Broncos and the Packers was only one of the few efficient ones. I suppose Seattle since they won by 10, but, you know, that was back and forth. Chargers got beat by 14 points when the spread was five and a half. And then the Dolphins, money back and forth all week, lose by 14 points themselves. I mean, how efficient is that if you pretty much factor in what the final score is? I mean, I would argue that baseball is much more efficient when it comes to that. It has the most betters, maybe, but it doesn't make it that efficient. For example, let's just say there's just so much variance in games that it's really hard to predict the outcome. All the spreads would be zero, right? All of them. If there's just so much variance, then you would think that's a really efficient market because you have these 0.5s and 1.5s and and zeros all over the place, but yet the outcomes are all over the place. 
I mean, would you think that's efficient because there's just such a small distance there? I mean, in my opinion, the NFL market isn't efficient when it comes to the results of the games. And I think they're highly variant this year, especially with the amount of grief the NFL is getting for just the haphazardness of the play calling, the quarterback play, and the officiating. You know, so just some thoughts there. I'd like to hear from you guys what you think an efficient market is. But I guess in a nutshell, I just kind of covered that. <laughs> um, forgot about my Bears winning. They actually did what they were supposed to do in a dog spot with a young and hungry quarterback and actually game planning. You know, I feel like game planning with some of these backup type quarterbacks has somewhat been working. I mean, Gardner Minshew finally the starter, and he looked pretty good, and we'll get into that game. Then you have Tyrod Taylor, right? He's the backup, yet is he even worse than Daniel Jones? I don't know. I mean, that defense held the commanders to seven points. Just kind of find that interesting that when players are a little bit more hungry, they're a little bit more careful, and they play better football. And when they get complacent like Baker Mayfield, they look absolutely terrible. But switching over to college, it was a great weekend of football. Not a ton of upsets. Uh, the biggest game, Ohio State, Penn State, was done nice and early. There's a few issues with that game, but Ohio State, I think, wins that game no matter what, and I'll get into that game in the next segment. Uh, Oklahoma, they, that was a super close game <laughs> you know UCF almost beat them outright couple little mistakes there at the end and Oklahoma almost went down at home massive flat spot for Oklahoma too and that's why people bet flat spots and not metrics sometimes it's actually been a bad year for metrics in my opinion you look at Washington sharp people were on ASU because it was just a massive letdown flat spot after the Oregon game ASU almost beat them outright. You know, what's really going to get you to the table here? Spending time after time on the little metrics that predict spreads, that make you want to predict the spreads or the actual spots of these games. I think it's a great question because I used to be a very metrically driven handicapper in football. I've, I've rethought that a little bit over the past, well, not even just a few weeks, over the past year and a half or so. I've kind of drifted more towards the spot side myself, but are you always accurate predicting spots? No. You think a team's in a letdown spot, and they're not sometimes. But more often than not, they are. Especially when these seasons get longer and longer and more grueling. Uh, teams just can't always put 100% up every single week, they need a break. And if you're out of practice, well, you see what happens. When I mean a break, I do mean practice. They probably dog it a little bit in practice throughout the week. And the coach probably does as well. He's probably mentally tired. That's a very big thing to think about. North Carolina loses outright to Virginia. (laughs) Outright at home. They're a 23.5 favorite. Lost 31 to 27. That was the biggest upset of the weekend. 
Houston sure made Texas sweat a little bit, and there was a little Quinn Ewers injury, but even before that injury, they were kind of letting Houston back in that game. And Tennessee-Bama was good. Bama, down 13 at the half, ends up scoring 27 unanswered points. That was actually part of my handicap. I had those, I had Alabama close to the spread here, but I bet Alabama based upon the spot. Revenge for Alabama. Joe Milton on the road. Splits. There's a lot more things that we should consider in our handicapping coming through this, this football season, finishing this football season, and probably in the next football season as well. So there you have it. It was a pretty good weekend of watching college football. A couple big upsets, but the top boys in the uh, in the top 10, top five, top four, whatever you want to think, thank goodness for them, they remain whole. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. And starting with the good, James Madison's defense. Man, if I was a Power 5 team, I would not want to play JMU, baby. This team is vicious, and they could beat anybody if they catch them asleep. Any of the top teams, if they catch them asleep. Now, if both were motivated, probably not. (laughs) But JMU, it's just so sad to see that they can't be bowl eligible yet or even eligible to win the Sun Belt. It's a freaking travesty. Another good, Rice whipping Tulsa by 32 points as a 3.5 point dog. That was a big one. Big difference anyway. Now, I could say it was bad for Tulsa, but it was just cool to see Rice do that. So I decided to move that to my good. What else? Air Force versus Navy going under. That thing was, what, 31 points? It was almost as bad as Iowa's under, I believe. 34 points it was. Iowa-Minnesota was 30 and a half. And they actually went under as well. But man, that just goes to tell you that even when totals are really low, they could be right. UFC 294. I mean, that was fantastic betting for myself. I had a great weekend of betting, up 12 units as a whole. Uh, NFL took it down a couple units from 14, but great UFC. A little bit of controversy. Some people saw Usman winning more rounds. I didn't see that at all. Uh, I gave Kamzat two points, 10 to 8, two extra for the first round. And I did give Usman the second round because it was a little weird, but it wasn't by much. And then the third round, Kamzat easily beat him. So I also think that that should have been a five-round fight. And we better see that fight again someday uh, because Kamzat, as good as he is, he is vulnerable on his feet. He is vulnerable. Not so much on the mat, though. He does some stupid things, too. I didn't think he needed to trade blows with Usman with a broken hand. That was dumb. Uh, Pitt versus Wake's finish. Holy cow, was that amazing. I was on Wake. I gave it as a free play. And it was just a terrible spot for Pitt. 
there's no metrics that say Wake should have won that game. It probably favored Pitt a little bit, especially after the big Louisville win, but that was it. That's just college football. Wake's going to win because they got a little officiating help, which makes you feel like you don't deserve it, which you don't. But I'm so sick of losing bets I don't deserve. So I decided to bet the side that I thought would be the correct side. UNLV losing against the spread finally. I guess that's good because I just hate seeing a team that I've never been on this year or keep doing this. So I'll take that as a good. LSU going over the total by themselves against Army. They could have took some knees at the end, but they kept running the ball and ended up going over the total. So I guess I'm going to have to say good for LSU because a lot of betters did take the over. I don't even think some sharp betters were on the under. I think everyone was on that over, baby. Get them books. And like I said before, creative handicapping. They seem to be spot on. I mean, look what ASU, like I mentioned, Almost beats them outright. You know? North Carolina comes in a little flat. Loses outright. (laughs) Okay? That was cool. Washington State covered against Oregon. It got a little dicey at the end. They needed to backdoor it. But, I mean, Oregon came off a very big game themselves. And they lost. And I almost kind of thought it was maybe a get-up spot. But at the same time, Washington State did not deserve that many points. That was overbought in the marketplace. Uh, Tyson Badgent for the Bears. Holy cow, that was a, a good performance. Now, was it great? No. It was against the Raiders? Yeah. <laughs> Would I say he's a starting quarterback in the NFL? No. But maybe. He might be. We saw one game. Give the kid a chance. He's great in his interviews. He's confident. He's a winner. He won all his Division two games. He had the opportunity to transfer to a a division one school and he said now nah, i'm just gonna finish my time out at fordham or wherever the hell he went to school at. maybe it was fordham no it was actually shepherd lower division well there you go came in undrafted threw a ton of yards out there i love those stories it's kind of like a tony romo story right and then finally tyrod taylor man he's probably better than daniel jones he did what he had to do. It wasn't too flashy. More the defense, but still. They could have scored more in that game. Shout out to Tyrod Taylor. Can't wait to fade you when you finally let down a little bit, just like I was mentioning before. Funny, they announced Tyrod Taylor is their starting quarterback. Make sure you hit the fade button whenever that happens to these guys. Now for the bad. The Saints red zone attempts. Jesus, Saints, how do you not punch the ball in? Now, Jacksonville's a decent team, but you just really, really can't win, can you? Saints look terrible. Lots of people lost money on that game. I had Jacksonville as a teaser. And I guess I should have said good for teasers again. I went 2-0, and 8-4 and four in teasers, and 6-1 and one and refused to lose teasers, by the way. But the Saints were just awful, and I don't know how you can bet on that team or even against that team anymore. It's just very, very uh, tough to handicap the Saints. Bad coach, too. Another one, Western Kentucky losing to Jacksonville State. That was pretty bad, Western Kentucky. What the hell happened to you? You were supposed to be one of the favorites to win Conference USA. Arkansas at home losing 7-3. to three. Against Mississippi State. 
seven to three, a team that's supposed to have a good offense. How unreal is that? Well, I guess this morning I saw a report that they just finally fired their offensive coordinator after that. You're fired. Tulane not covering against North Texas. That looked ugly for Tulane. Are they coming back down to earth? Texas's choke against Houston. That looked bad for the Big 12 and for them. Uh, TCU losing by a ton of points to Kansas State. A, a game there should be like getting up for being that they lost to them in the Big 12 title last year. It was a kind of a big game because of that. Man, they are not even close to where they need to be yet. Probably be on them next year, though. <laughs> Love the coach, Sonny Dykes. Uh, Duke's choke against FSU. That you, you go from, what, 14 to nothing winning to losing the game and not even covering? I can just imagine what sports bettors were thinking after seeing that. You should send Duke a bill for that one. Plus, their quarterback played in Leonard. Clemson's choke. Man, you had that game against Miami. Miami had a backup quarterback in because Tyler Van Dyke was out. And you still lose the game in overtime by eight points. Clemson betters are besides themselves. Another bad, the Lions deciding to not show up against the Ravens. Well, they kind of showed up. I mean, they took Wednesday off of practice completely, which is very strange. And then they just got beat up the whole game. I mean, blocked bad. There's holes everywhere. I mean, it was a bit of home field advantage for the Ravens. Don't get me wrong, but they are never even close to in that game. I was on the Lions, and I was happy. I like losing that way. Screw this. I don't want to sweat out a bad loss with some bad calls at the end, which we will get into. And finally, betting against the Kansas City Swifties. You can't bet against Taylor Swift in the NFL. All right? I didn't do it, thank God, but I know some people did. That line stuck there at five and a half for a reason. The NFL clearly wants the Swifties as a big part of their viewing audience. Now for the ugly. You know, that game, Ohio State versus Penn State, was that a penalty? I've seen that penalty called in the NFL. But, man, Penn State it makes an amazing play on defense, runs it in for a touchdown, and then the flag comes in? Not when it actually happened against Marvin Harrison? You, go, you watch Marvin Harrison. He goes and pushes off, which caused Penn State to hold him. So what is it, offensive or defensive, when that happens? I mean, I always... I saw that play just yesterday. I called on the offense. I mean, rewatch it. There's a left hand pushing off from Marvin Harrison. Now, either way, I think Ohio State was the better team and probably would have caught them at the end. Penn State couldn't make a third down, but I think the score should have been covered. I think it should have been more like 17 to 14 or like 20 to 17 type game. The That was... That was bad and a very bad look, and you can still hear Twitter complaining about that. Temple, man, they're just a terrible team. They lose by 50 points to SMU at home. 
Holy cow, Temple. Uh, South Carolina on the road, too. I was stupid enough to bet South Carolina. Uh, one of my losses from Saturday going 8-4 and four on Saturday. At least I started out 8-4. and four. I think I had to buy back a few when I found some uh, injury news for uh, Miami and, and Duke. But South Carolina is certainly terrible. Uh, the fair catch penalty on Iowa. Now, here's a couple things about that. It, it ruined their game. They scored a touchdown. They would have beat Minnesota. First of all, screw you, Iowa, because you had two full yards, two total yards in the second half. But in saying that, that was kind of a weird penalty because why did he take so long to blow the whistle? And I've seen kids wave their arms a little bit before and that not being called. So what the heck? It, it is a rule. Don't get me wrong, but call it right away. You know, it feels just so ugly when you don't. And it would you have called that if there wasn't any complaining on Minnesota's side? Stuff we'll never know. The Quinn Ewers shoulder injury, he took a big pop, but he was running the ball. And that's the risk you take, pal. Running quarterbacks, you love them, right? Because they put up massive fantasy points and they win games because of it. But the refs protect you enough. That was your own fault for not getting down earlier. Uh, North Carolina losing outright to Virginia, like I said, was extremely ugly as a massive favorite. San Diego State losing to Nevada, six to nothing. What the hell was that, San Diego State? Oh, my God. Nevada is like the worst. No, I guess New Mexico is. But San Diego, Nevada is one of the worst teams in the Mountain West. Another ugly. The PI flag picked up against ASU. Every single replay in the world showed how terrible the pulling was. And then you pick it up and say no penalty because you're afraid Washington's going to lose. That looked dirty. And... The Colts giving up 10 points at the end of the first half was a big part of the reason why they lost that game. It was some stupid coaching there, terrible coaching decisions. You know, why would you run, run, and then pass it and then give them a full minute 30 after Cleveland's last timeouts taken? You run and run to drain their timeouts, and then you pass it in the end zone? Well, they got another field goal from that. You know, they just choked that game away, but... When they were about to win the game, I hate to say this, but it's all over Twitter. Sean Smith, the official, came in and called two absolutely egregious holding and PI penalties against the Colts for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Fourth down type stuff. They literally changed the outcome of the game. And I I don't have to talk about it because... Twitter is all over it, including some very, very established accounts that normally are very scared about talking about the refs because it ruins future opportunities for them. But it's really like this week to week. And you saw it with Sean McVay, unfortunately not having any challenge flags left in his game. They gave the Steelers a horrible spot that gave them the first down to go ahead and take that game away from the Rams. And I had some great line value on the Rams, and that one really hurt. But how the how do you mess it up that bad? And I was going back 
and forth slightly with Adam Chernoff on Twitter, they need somebody in the sky officiating the officials. I mean, that would make the game almost freaking perfect. Imagine that. Win-win for everybody. You know? What is taking so long for something that makes so much sense? It just makes the whole situation smell a hell of a lot worse than it actually does. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. All right. Now it's time for a little college football week eight misleading final scores and key injuries. Sam Houston outgained FIU 410 to 331 yet lost in overtime 33 to 27. Equal turnovers at one but horrible red zone offense got the Bearcats. Rutgers only outgained Indiana 315 to 297 yet won 31 to 14. A 1 to 0 turnover ratio and special teams punt block TD killed the Hoosiers. Ohio State's game versus Penn State was an absolute debacle from that massive swing, so I'm not going to adjust them in either way, but Ohio State did outgain them in yards, so keep that in mind. Uh, Penn State just could not get a third down. Uh, third down in conversion, that is. Cincinnati outgained Baylor 450-396, to yet lost 32-29, to and 1-0 turnover ratio, and poor special teams killed the Bearcats. Uh, UAB outgained Memphis 381 to 352, yet lost 45 to 21. A massive 4 to 0 turnover ratio did them in. Akron's yards were mostly garbage ones versus Bowling Green, so throw that out. Louisiana and Rose as well were mainly in garbage time. Pitt outgained Wake Forest 414 to 327, yet lost 21 to 17. They also won the turnover battle 2 to 0. This is very rare when that happens. There's actually been a lot of misleading stuff when they won the turnover battle this week. But 13 penalties really hurt the pa- uh, Panthers. Tennessee outgained Alabama 404 to 358, uh, yet lost 34-20. They won the turnover battle 2-1, to but an 8-1 to penalty ratio. Poor special teams and a second-half choke killed the Vols. Lots of things have to happen when you choke a game away like that. Next, we have North Carolina outgaining Virginia 490 to 436, yet losing at home 31 to 27. They won the turnover battle 2 to 1, yet poor field position and red zone defense hurt the Tar Heels. Uh, most of Texas Tech's yards were garbage, so no adjustment in that BYU game. Uh, was real happy to be on BYU, one of our big, bigger plays this weekend, and ASU outgained Washington 341 to 288, yet lost 15 to 7. They won the turnover battle 3-1, to one, but poor plus side of the field execution hurt the Sun Devils. They also had the opportunity in crunch time and kind of failed as well. Key injuries. Quarterback Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina hurt his lower body. He's day-to-day. He went to the hospital for a concussion, but uh, he was released right away. So we're not sure how bad that helmet's helmet was. Uh, quarterback Quinn Evers left the Texas game with an injury to his shoulder. That could be bad. He's week-to-week, I think. Uh, quarterback Tyler Van Dyke didn't play for Miami after having his knee drained. He is uh, considered day-to-day. So those are the key injuries. I might have missed a few, but I'm going to be looking back when I have some time to see what else is out there. Now it's time for our college football week nine already. Holy cow, man, season's flying by. Week nine play for you, and we're going to go to Arizona. And yes, I'm finally getting my head out of my rear, and we're going to take the Arizona Wildcats. It's plus three and a half. I gave it out at six and a half when this thing came out, but we'll take it at three and a half, too, for a free play. 
look at the situation here. It's Oregon State on the road. Oregon State is not a good road team. And uh, Oregon State is great at running the football. They average 5.6 yards per rush. 5.46, that is. But they're good against, they're good passing the ball at home, but it's DJ. And I'm not sure DJU is that great on the road. And the problem is that Fafita kid for Arizona has been playing excellent football, and I highly doubt he's going to lose his job to Delora after what he's shown so far this year. But the bigger thing, Arizona only allows 3.04, ranking 14th in the nation, rushing yards per attempt. That's pretty awesome for Arizona. And I think Arizona is a very underrated team so far, and this is a big spot for them as another home dog where they can prove themselves against a team that's gotten a lot of publicity like Oregon State. Now, uh, Arizona, they almost beat USC at home, as you remember. Uh, That thing went into overtime. They should have won that game. They went up to Washington State and absolutely just put a whipping on them. And now they're sitting at home. A very nice 6.55 yards per play, giving up 5.39 on defense. That's a positive 1.16 net yards per play. I like them because they can stop the run and put DJU, Weungalele, that is, in some uh, very compromising situations. Take Arizona plus the three and a half for two stars. That Hansel's so hot right now. All right, now it's time for a little fantasy football week eight with our guy, D Nasty. All right, now it's time for a little fantasy football. We got our guy, D Nasty, back. Dave, how you doing, man? Uh, pretty good. I'm still a little down after the loss, though, this past week. It was a little tough to watch that game yesterday. So uh, that holding penalty at the end really cost them, but that, that was the only thing that cost them in that game, though. Uh, they need to start stepping it up in the first half. I don't know why they can only play one half of football. It's ridiculous. That's true. I've been getting burned on the Packers myself, and I keep coming back for more. I don't know. I just figured LaFleur has got to have something better up his sleeve. But um, what, what do the Packers and the Bears have in common, Dave? Uh, they both almost had the same record, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty close. Uh, we, you had your bye, but but we both have two wins. And, you know, it's funny. We lost to Denver, too, but we were up 28 to, what, three? and <laughs> Just blew the game. But it's just like, if we could have got that game, we'd be three and three, for crying out loud. It's, like, so close. <laughs> Oh, uh, if we would have won yesterday, we'd have been three and three. Yeah, yeah, but here we are. It's been a... Interesting week last week, a lot of buys, uh, but um, not a lot of craziness. Uh, some very terrible officiating, but that comes with the territory. Uh, did you watch the end of that uh, Colts game by chance? I did. That was, was a crazy game. I can't. And Watson, another player that's kind of like disappointed this year. He's got to be one of the biggest disappointments of the year. They're just not handling him right, or, or, or I don't know what's going on there. But he keeps getting injured now too, and they're just just not using him. I'm like. Uh, it's just a bad situation. There yeah, if you have Watson, I got like three other. I I have him in my league, and um, we have like I have like three, two or three other quarterbacks. Just I think it's like a defense where you just got to have to rotate them for matchups. Now it's so bad because I think Watson might be out for a while too. It just some smells there. It's like he's probably gonna opt out for shoulder surgery or something weird. It's he's sure getting paid a lot of money for not doing anything. That's for sure. Exactly. That's that's just a bad situation there. 
but let's start with bye weeks. I didn't notice any, Dave. What's going on there? There's nothing. There is no buys this week, actually. So, yes, get all the people into your lineup, then you can this week. Whoever's not injured, get them into your lineup. No, you don't have to worry about any buys this week, which is kind of nice. Dude, that is nice. I'm shocked. Why? Um, there's no buys. It's weird. I, I I know that there's always somebody on buy from when it starts to when it ends around week 13, but just for There's some... a lot of them that have later buys, like around nine weeks 9, 10, and 11 are really bad this year, actually. I don't know why they did that, though, because that's like around fantasy football playoff time. So It's crunch yeah. time. Well, you know, I mean, we'll just have to uh, – it's the NFL. They don't do anything that makes a lot of sense, but they can do it <laughs> since they're the, they have the power. So the only pro football to watch. So uh, here you go. But, um, I mean, to be honest with you, injuries, Dave, uh, I didn't see a lot of them either. I, I just put, like – Deshaun Watson's still hurting. Luke Musgrave hurt his ankle, and Gerald Everett hurt his quad. The two tight ends there, Musgrave and Everett, but I didn't see much else. Uh, what am I? What am I missing? No, that's it. And then the Deshaun Watson injury, like we talked about, he he was replaced. And then Bajan Robinson, that was actually a shocker. I have him in like two or three of my leagues. I think he was sick uh, or something. Yeah, he was like sick. He had like a migraine. He said he had headaches. So they, which was another odd thing though. It's kind of like the the Watson injury. Uh, he he didn't play the whole game, but then they put him in at the end uh, to kind of try and run out the clock. And I'm like, what, why would they play him at the end if he didn't play the whole game? He's not feeling well. So that was that was an odd situation as well. So uh, a lot of defensive injuries this week, but nothing, no major really offensive players that were injured this week. Uh, one that came back though was Saquon Barkley. He had a touchdown this week, so that was kind of nice. Uh, but other than that, yeah, no really key injuries this week. Yeah, totally. Um... Well, let's right, move right into the waiver wire then, Dave. Uh, I mean, I have a few. Just Marquez Valdez-Scantling had three receptions and a touchdown for KC. I think that he's kind of liked by Mahomes. It's not like there's a lot to like there, but um, you know, I find that interesting. Uh, Nicole Hardman is going to be interesting because if he's available, I think he might even take over for that team. Um, is it Hardwell or Hardman? Um, Hardman. yeah, Hardman. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, if, if they guard Kelsey, he's got to throw it somewhere. Of course, nobody's, nobody's guarding Kelsey. I don't know why it's, I mean, if it was me, I'm the way I play him is I put a safety on top and I sacrifice the rest. It's like, if, if I can stop Kelsey and you beat me, I can, I'll take it. You know, it's like whatever, Exactly. but it's like the whole ways teams would play the star in basketball. It's like, stop Jordan and. You know, if the other team beats you, God bless them. But it's just, it's take away that, man. Jeez. But that's why I kind of like maybe some of these receivers kind of coming up here. Uh, now, especially now that the Jets traded him back to, uh, or the Gi- the Giants, was it? The Giants traded him back uh, to KC. No, the Jets had him. The Jets oh, had him. right, 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 right. They play each other this week, so I'm kind of flustered by them. Yeah, you're right. It was the Jets. It's not like I really paid attention to him either. But I have him, and Julio Jones is a speculative pickup for the Eagles, too. And I, I think a deep league, and maybe if you're really needing wide receiver help, he's total boom or bust, and he's not going to be used yet, but just one just takes one injury for him to be a very key component to there. Devontae Smith's been banged up, too, so I kind of like Julio. Now, through three quarterbacks here, Dave, and Tyrod Taylor is looking more and more like he might take the reins over for Daniel Jones. I think it's embarrassing that they're paying Jones. You think so? so much. The big huge contract they paid him. Just well, it, it's it's what one sixty four years one sixty, so that's forty yeah. a year. It's not as much as Mahomes makes or anything, but sometimes you just got to. I, I don't know. But here's another reason: he could be a streamer this week, or 
they just keep Daniel Jones on the shelf longer. You know, it's like, why stop a good thing? So, I mean, he could be someone that fills in for a bye week next week. And uh, P.J. Walker, it's just for what I said about uh, Deshaun Watson, could be in there for a while. And Dave, I was optimistic about this kid, Tyson Badgett. And, uh, I mean, Fields has the broken thumb dislocated. I don't see why rush him back. Let's see what this kid's got, man. And now I know know, Fields is supposed to be the man, but I think – that we have a different GM, the one that didn't draft him in Ryan Poles, he'd be pretty quick to shift off him. You know, I, I think that could happen. Uh, I would say he's a speculative ad. And right now I'd say he's just as best as a second string quarterback. I'm not getting overexcited, but I do like what I saw. And he won a lot back in division three football, Dave. Yeah. I, I liked him a lot too. Actually, it's funny too, because the Chicago sports radio today was talking about how he's the next coming there. And like, how he's going to replace Fields, but I think they're getting way ahead of themselves. Anytime a quarterback has a good or bad game, they always overhype. What it, station but. was that? Uh, it was one of, my, one of the guys at work said he was listening to it on the way up from Illinois. So I don't know what station. Could have been the score, maybe maybe ESPN one thousand, uh, but I don't think anyone's that crazy yet. But there's maybe there's a few out there. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, there is. People were calling in and saying, yeah, that they want him starting. Like, well, here's the, the thing: I, I want to see what he's got now because we're two and four. We're not three and three. We're so close to being three and three. Obviously, if that Denver win. But here's the thing: it's like if he won a game, let him win the next one or lose the next one, then throw Fields in. But if he wins again, let yeah. him go. You know, keep him going until he loses. That's the way you do it. Especially yeah, make sure he was completely healthy too. You want him completely healthy. You don't want to rush him back either. So hey, give him another week. I, I agree. All Why right. Not? I only got three other guys. And Mari DeMarcado from Arizona had the most carries at 13 until Connor comes back. Dalton Kincaid for the Bills has eight receptions. And the way the Bills defense looks, they might be throwing the ball a lot over the next few weeks. And then I like Jackson Smith and the Jigba a little bit. Four receptions and a touchdown. He was a pretty good thought. But, you know, being that there's so few injuries, there's not a lot of waivers for me, Dave. Yeah, there's actually two other injuries that we forgot to mention. Uh, one that I'll talk about right now. Uh, so Jerome Ford suffered an ankle injury in week seven, did not return. Uh, and the DJ, DK Metcalf did not play this week as well uh, with an injury as well. As yeah, that was a surprise injury. one, right? Yeah, I had him in my one of my lineups. I didn't change him up quick enough because they didn't really announce that. So uh, that and the Bijan Robinson injury really killed me this week. But my waiver wire pickups are going to be Kyle Murray. Uh, he's, he's started practicing last week. Uh, he could be coming back in the next week or two. So if you have some buys coming up in the next couple weeks, Kyle Murray is the guy you want to add to your roster right now. Uh, he averages 19 points a game uh, in his fantasy career. So definitely a guy you want to pick up. Uh, and they can make a difference down the stretch for you to make the playoffs. Another guy a lot of people aren't starting right now, uh, under 50%, Derek Carr. Uh, he, I know he had his shouting at some of his players last week, but he's going for at least 300 yards in week six and seven, and he had 183 yards and two touchdowns in week five. So he's been putting up nice fantasy numbers, even though the Saints aren't winning and he's not putting up uh, big numbers for the Saints. He's, he's putting up big numbers for fantasy, though. So uh, definitely add him to the rosters. Uh, right now because he could be a league winner for you over the next couple weeks, and he's got a favorable schedule as well. So he's got the Chicago Bears and Minnesota Vikings before week 11 bye. So two favorable matchups for him. I hate to say Q, but Bears and Vikings both are not good. So uh, both favorable matchups for him that he'll be playing against. So definitely a quarterback you're going to want to add for those bye weeks coming up. Uh, another guy, Daryl Henderson from the Rams. Uh, he actually got, was the lead back this past week, and in a surprise move, uh, Kyron Williams was placed on injury reserve. So 
Daryl Henderson could be your starting running back for the next three weeks, uh, which is very surprising. I didn't think Kyron would be placed on injury reserve, but that injury he has, that ankle injury, must be way worse than they thought. It must be the higher ankle sprain variety. So very sorry to see that for Kyron Williams, but Henderson is definitely a guy you want to add. We talked about Zach Evans last week, but he didn't even play a snap in week seven. Uh, it was mostly Freeman, Royce Freeman, and Daryl Henderson. So Royce Freeman is another guy, too, uh, if he's out there, either one of those guys. And then two running backs to replace Jerome Ford, uh, depending on how severe his ankle injury is, would be Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong Jr. Uh, Pierre Strong Jr. did get quite a few carries this past week, but Hunt was the main guy uh, with two touchdowns as well. So definitely a guy you want to add. Coming on the bye week, some people might have forgot about him, but Chubba Hubbard. Uh, you definitely want to add him. Uh, Sanders might still be banged up with that shoulder injury, so definitely pick him up if available. And one of your bears out there, too, if you forgot to mention, Deontay Foreman. Uh, Ruskan Johnson still wasn't back this past week. Uh, Foreman had three touchdowns. He would have been a league winner if someone would have – or a week winner if someone would have started him this past week. So definitely a guy you want to add uh, until your bears back or Johnson is back. And I did have De Mercado as well and Kincaid as well, too. Uh, but another guy, too, is Romeo Dobbs and Jane Reed. Uh, those guys are good receivers to add if, if you're looking for a receiver. And Rasheed Rice. Although, see how the Hardman affects him, but he's been coming on over the last three, four weeks. He's been uh, one of the better fantasy wide receivers that's been under the radar. So definitely add him as, if possible as well. All right. And Andrew Apostolakis. Sorry, I think I said it wrong. Apostolakis. Uh, he's got an IDP question. I like IDP questions. Uh, should he start uh, Greenlaw for the Niners or Cameron Bynum for the Vikings? Um, he's, I'm going Greenlaw all day. You got to go Greenlaw. Um, I just well here well here's the problem though. Actually, I'm gonna rethink this. I think Bynum might get more tackles on the running back because I think the Niners might be running the whole second half. And the uh, Vikings might be throwing the ball. And so, I mean, it, it just depends how you want to think about it. I don't think the, I don't think Alexander Madison's going to get a lot of play. So that's a great question. Yeah, it's a very good question. I, I, don't, I, I definitely always lean towards the linebackers compared to like a, someone in the secondary, like a safety or a cornerback. Uh, linebackers are usually get you the more tackles. So that's why I lean toward Greenlaw still. I think they still try to run the ball with Madison, but uh, either way, it's going to be – Bynum is actually a good pick, like you said, because the 49ers will be running the ball because they will, will probably be up in the second half. Yeah, and he'll be stunting uh, up up from a safety position, right? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. They're going to be stacking the box so the, so the 49ers can't run. Uh, but you never know. I, I think Greenlaw still uh, – I like his, his potential to get a sack or a tackle for a loss too, which could – get you more points in the IDP league as well. So I uh, definitely still, I'm going to still lean green law though on that one. So he traded Evans for Foreman. Uh, that's, uh, that's a pretty good trade. Foreman was pretty good this week. Um, yeah. I don't know how long it's going to last when Khalil Herbert comes back, but Evans, you know, <laughs> I mean, he didn't do much, right? Which Evans? I'm guessing the one that everyone picked up is uh, Zach Evans, right? Oh, he traded him for Foreman? That's a great pick. That's a great trade. I'm, I don't know if I'm right, but um, there's Chris Evans too, but I think that's a great trade. Good job, Andrew. Um, yeah, Zach Evans. Um, so there you go. <laughs> awesome trade. Yeah, I scored with a Foreman big time in our Dynasty League, Dave. 
Um, That's awesome. I, I didn't need him to beat you this week in my league, though. That was pretty. <laughs> I know. I saw that. Uh, that was pretty simple. <laughs> Just have to wait to throw that shot. I got it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, and so I'm. Yeah, I'm. I, I wrote some of those down. Those are great ones, Dave. I, I totally agree with a lot of those. Uh, let's go to non-stars trending up for week nine, Dave. You get started. All right. I'm going uh, – this is going to be a surprise one, actually, but the Bills are uh, really hurting on defense right now. They have a lot of injuries. Two of their starting – both these starting defensive tackles are both out. Uh, they did not look good against the Giants this past week. The Giants were running the ball and throwing at will. So I'm going the Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield and Rashad White. Uh, I like both of those guys against the Bills. The Bills have been struggling this past couple weeks and have a lot of injuries. Uh, their starting safety, Tredavious White, is out as well. So they got three starters on their defense that are missing. Uh, and then Milano's up for the wheel. So actually four, I'm sorry. Four starters uh, gone on their defense. So uh, I'm definitely going to say Baker Mayfield and Rashad White against that banged-up Bills D. Nothing they can do about that, but definitely I uh, like that matchup. Uh, I, I like the Panthers this week. I like Bryce Young against the Panthers D. I'm sorry, against the Texans D. Uh, they struggled in the past. They've been looking better this year, though. They're 3-3, three and three, so that, actually the team's playing well, but I still like that matchup for Bryce Young. Hopefully they can get their first win this week. Uh, Packers against the poor Vikings defense. Uh, I do like Jordan Love. You know he's been struggling in the first half of games, which I still don't understand. Uh, I like Dobbs and Watson this week, too, against the Vikings, that poor pass D. Uh, another game I like, Dolphins this week. I like Mostert if he's not being started already. Most leagues he is, but I like him this week. And I also do like their backup as well. So either one of those running backs against the Patriots, I think they, they played well against the uh, Bills this past week, but I don't think that continues. Uh, the Jets this week, I like Jets matchup against the Giants. Uh, Zach Wilson, I'm actually starting him against the Giants. Uh, he's a guy that's trending up this week against that poor defense. Uh, Eagles, um, I'm actually trending up, non-starter. Julio Jones, he gets some catches against that Commander's D. Commander's D has not looked good. I know they're going to be a good defense this year, but they're not. Uh, so I do like that matchup. Uh, Gainwell, even two, and Swift, I like them against their, their borderline starters. Probably right now, probably not even starters, but I like them against the Commander's D as well. Uh, their, their line's been struggling too. And then some of the other ones I like, I like Chiefs, I like Hardman and Rasheed Rice. Uh, guys, probably you're not starting right now, but I'd start them against the Broncos. Uh, they can definitely go off against them. Uh, I like Josh Palmer against the Bears defense. I like that matchup for him. He's a guy that's normally not starting, but he's had three straight weeks where he's had nice games. Uh, he's had close to 100 yards in the last couple weeks. So uh, if he's in this week, he had over 100 yards. So definitely a matchup I like there. Uh, I like the Lions this week. I like Goff against the, the Raiders. He's, he's borderline starter, though, but uh, I like Aramon St. Brown, too, but he's a starter already, too. But uh, definitely the, the, like the matchup this week. So I'm, actually, Gibbs is the guy that's probably not a starter, but trending up. So Gibbs is the guy I pick for the Lions against that poor Raiders D, too. All right. I like a lot of those. I wrote a lot of those down. Um, got another question here. What's up, boys? Need a miracle. Down exactly 2.92 in full PPR. Guy has Madison and Niners. D, I got Ayuk. What are the odds I can pull off the upset? I think the I think the, your odds are good because I don't think Madison's going to be a big factor. His over under on yards for his prop is forty five. So you know, think about that. That's not a lot. It's not getting any bonuses with that. He might catch a few passes, but you know, maybe the the Niners D can give up seventeen to twenty one points. Maybe Cousins doesn't throw a pick six or something crazy, and IU can ball out without Debo Samuel. So um, I think you you're looking okay. I like his chances too. I'd say like probably sixty forty at sixty on his end. I, I like 
I, uh, he's, he's one of Purdy's go-to guys as well. Like you said, Debo's out. Uh, odds are in his favor right now, actually. As long as the 49ers, D doesn't go off and, and have a ton of sacks uh, or a pick, like you said, pick six. I think he's got a good shot tonight to win, actually. I don't, I don't like, I like, I like, like you said, Madison, I don't think he gets over 50 to 60 yards. Uh, maybe he has a touchdown, but uh, I like this guy's odds. Uh, you know, I almost took the Madison under rushing prop, too. Um, and uh, Andrew agrees, so I like it. All right, well, let's move on to my non-stars trending up. I have the same thing. I have C.J. Stroud versus Carolina. I think he's going to be great coming off the bye. He's borderline starter now, but I just wanted to say him once before he's full-fledged starter here. I think he's going to be good. Um, I think Kyler Murray, if he does come back, could be sneaky. Um I know they have a tough uh, matchup, but whenever Kyler's in, you know, it's a complete wild card. It don't matter who you're playing. And uh, that would be just really interesting to see uh, him put up some points here against the Ravens, who the Ravens in the past have had some issues. Uh, See, Delvin Cook against the Giants, bad defense. He might wake up a little bit. I know Delvin Cook hasn't been exactly... Uh, starter but he could be a flex uh, I, I agree with your Rashad White I don't necessarily agree with Baker Mayfield though Dave because I think he's on he's on the verge of getting benched for Kyle, Kyle Trask in my opinion he has been horrible so, really I don't know he's been horrible yeah, last couple of games the last three weeks the last last three weeks has been awful um but we'll see uh you know if you can't beat Atlanta like that at home it's not looking good Josh Palmer against the Bears that's a no-brainer, I think. you got to start Josh Palmer against the Bears. George Pickens might do something against Jacksonville's D. Jacksonville gives up a lot of yards on D. And then Darnell Mooney, I think maybe with the new QB, might have a good matchup against the Chargers' weak defense that gives up a ton of passing yards. So those are the ones I pretty much have. Maybe Robert Woods against Cal- Carolina, too, if you want me to partner. I'm a little worried about Tank Dell being a little bit, um, being a little bit beat up. So I'm concerned about that. Uh, another quick question here. Um, my wife receivers are lamb or my wide receivers are lamb. AJ <laughs> Brown, uh, Pittman, T Higgins, DJ Moore in London. I have Deontay Johnson on IR. Should I drop Johnson and, or drop Ingram and keep Johnson? My tight end is Mark Andrews. It looks like, um, it's a lot right there. <laughs> I think that Deontay Johnson, I'm, he hasn't done that much. Um, what do you think, Dave? Uh, I'm, I, I have Deontay Johnson in a couple of my leagues. I'd, I'd wait another week before I make a decision if you can in here. It allows you to because I, he had a decent week this week, but uh, I, I don't think I would drop Deontay Johnson, though. Uh, he's definitely the top 20 receiver when when he's healthy and when the, they're clicking there. And he had like three three catches, I think, for 60 yards this past week, which is wait not minute. bad. I, wait a minute. What am I thinking? I dropped London. I mean, I'd drop London. yeah, yeah, I would drop London. Um, I don't mean, I don't know about Ingram right there, but I would drop, I would drop, I would drop London for sure. I mean, yes. you just can't. That's who I would drop. I wouldn't drop Deontay Johnson. London is a guy out of that group that I would drop as well. Yeah, they try to run the ball too much with that. So that's my thoughts on that one. But uh, yeah, Deontay Johnson is off IR now. He did have a great week. I do remember that. Uh, bus, I have Kenneth Walker versus Cleveland's D. Cleveland's D is just too good against the run, so I'm concerned for Kenneth Walker a little bit. He could bust. Uh, and he was the only guy that had 100 yards this week, though. I, I do want to mention that. Uh, quarterback Jordan Love, Dave. Sorry, man. I think he's, uh, and, and I'm just talking about this week, he might be a benched or dropped for good from your fantasy until something else. There's, 
I mean, I would try. I would, I would pick up Kenny Pickett right now over Jordan Love. So <laughs> sorry, my friend. Uh, I don't know about that, but <laughs> definitely, you can tell the youth is is definitely affecting them. Like they're all learning. A lot of the receivers, some of the receivers, are running the wrong routes this past week. Uh, Love's still still learning where to throw the ball and like what decisions to make. It's gonna it's gonna be a long season this year, but. Uh, it's a learning process, I think, for them all. But in the end, I think they're all going to be better before the end of this year, though, as well. Right, right. All right. Um, another bust. I have Terry McLaurin against the Eagles. I think that's a little dangerous. Sam Howell against the Eagles, too. And I, I, last time they played the Eagles, they got crushed. And Howell's thrown out tons of picks. Now, maybe he fixes it. I always do like the dog the next matchup here. But they didn't get crushed. They went into overtime. No. Howell almost won the game for them. For oh, was it was that Washington versus the Eagles? Maybe I was thinking yeah. about the Giants versus the Eagles. No. Oh, you're right. You're I was, right. I was thinking. I was thinking them back and like threw was threw a touchdown with like no time left to tie it up. Okay, and they lost in like some crazy play in like overtime. That's right. I was thinking the Giants, but I still don't trust Howell to re, to, re, <laughs> to redo it. So I'm um, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna stand by. I mean, look at look at what he did last week. It's like I don't know. He's been. He's, he's up they, and down, definitely. Yeah, you know, maybe I wonder what they did. There was one game that he got crushed in, dude, and it might have been against the oh, it was the Bills? Yeah, it was the Bills. He threw he threw like four or five picks against the Bills. That's what it was. Well, the Bills actually had a defense then, so there you go. Um, let's move on to the next bust. I have. Actually lost my screen here. Um, Daryl Henderson versus the Cowboys. I know he's a big pickup this week. I just don't like the Cowboys coming off the bye here, and uh, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the Rams going out there. So uh, him and Pukunakua, I have this kind of bust. Marquise Brown versus the Ravens is dangerous start too. Um, I, I mean, maybe if Kyler Murray's throwing to him, I'm just Dobbs has kind of shown what he really is—a backup quarterback, right? Uh, yeah. B. John Robinson against the Titans D isn't a great matchup, but the Titans are starting to sell players, and I wonder what kind of message that's going to send. Usually, it's either makes them step up, or it just makes them completely crumble. You know, um, I'm just I may I get a feel for that, but Bijan was hurt this week, and so I'm worried about the headaches. I guess too. Uh, Michael Pittman versus the Saints isn't a great matchup either, so I just wanted to say that they they that's all the busts I have. Dave, what about yours? All right. First, I want to say what, these are the stats from Baker Mayfield for the last three weeks. 246 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. 206 yards and an interception, which wasn't good. That was, was one bad week in there. And then this last week was 275 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. So by no means, he's had one bad game all the last three weeks, though. So just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We have a quick question. Full, full PPR, would you trade Laporta and Mostert for Brees? Hall, I'm guessing, and Addison. Um, yes. Who's on the? What, what is he getting though? Is he getting Brees Hall and Addison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for Sam Laporta and Mostert. Now Mostert's the thing, but you know he's going to lose a little bit when Achin comes back. He's been fumbling a little bit too. And Wilson's going to be back here soon too. So yeah, I would definitely. I like Brees Hall. Yeah, he's actually come on the last couple of weeks, and he's a stud. And he's got that extra gear that a lot of other running backs don't plus, have. Plus, the Jets' schedule gets really easy soon. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. And the Jets have been playing better now. Wilson's actually playing decent right now too. He's not turning over the ball the last couple of games. Uh, I like that trade, Addison too. He's going to definitely get a lot of catches with Jefferson out still. So yeah, that end of the trade, I definitely that's the that's the winning side of that trade. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Um, let's. I think. Do you have any more bust, Dave? 
Yeah, I got a few busts here. So I agree with you. I, I, I don't like Stafford against the Cowboys. He's not, he's not mobile at all. They're just Micah Parsons is going to have a field day with him. Uh, like, I, like you said, Chupuka, I, I'm definitely down to grading him as well. Uh, I, I don't like Minshew against the Saints or the or I hate to say it, Taylor as well. I don't like him or Moss against the Saints too. They have a good run D still. Uh, I'm de- Tyrod Taylor and Saquon downgrading him against the Jets. They're coming off a bye, nice and healthy. Uh, they have a good D too. Their, their D is going to be legit against them. I, I don't like that matchup as well. Uh, I don't like. I don't like the Seahawks either. I agree with you on that one. I don't like Geno or the running backs against that tough Cleveland D. They have their D's been stepping up this year. Cardinals, I don't like any of the Cardinals players. I don't like Dobbs uh, or Brown against the tough Ravens D. They've actually looked pretty good the last couple weeks on defense there. Broncos, Russell Wilson, I don't like him or Sutton or Juddy against the Chiefs. Uh, even though they're playing at Denver, I still don't like that matchup for them. Chiefs have a good defense. Chris Jones, too, rushing the passer. Bengals. I'm downgrading them, actually. The 49ers have a better D than anyone. One of the best Ds in the league. I think a top five D. Uh, and, Bur- and the Bengals have struggled this year on and off. So I'm downgrading Burrow and Chase, actually, this week against the 49ers as well. Uh, I don't like that matchup for them as well. All right, good stuff, man. That brings us to our nasty sleeper. Dave, I'm going to go with MVS. Marquez Valdez-Scantling versus Denver's defense. I think he's going to kill him deep because Denver's secondary is terrible. And that's where they can actually take advantage on Denver. Um, plus, Denver's guy just got a four-game suspension for that yep. massive hit. So uh, that just weakens that secondary up even more. I think MVS has another touchdown or two. Uh, he's my nasty sleeper of the week. All right. My nasty sleeper of the week is going against a poor, crappy team as well. And their defense is just as bad, uh, which is the Bears. I'm going with Josh Palmer as my I think you went. I think you picked on the Bears every single week since they <laughs> lost the first game. I'm going with Josh Palmer, though. He's my nasty sleeper of the week. Is Josh Palmer a wide receiver for the Chargers? Well, he was one of my non-stars trending up, so I guess you have some agreement with me there, too, unfortunately. <laughs> but until the Bears fix that, it's an ugly mess sometimes. They did get a nice pick six against Aiden O'Connell, though. That was fun. Uh, it's either that or Hoyer. I can't remember if Aiden was in it. But Anyways, huge thanks to you guys uh, coming in. Andrew, Dylan, uh chef Lanabi, a <laughs> i'm not sure what your real name is but thanks for coming in guys and uh you know asking us and you know we, we do some random times on monday and when daylight saving times comes on i think we're probably gonna do nine uh mountain 10 central you know 11 eastern uh eight pacific we'll probably do something more like that so uh yeah that's about two weeks from now we'll have that but anything else we missed dave no, keep the questions coming in. I like the questions. It's fun talking about the trades and the different scenarios too, and the IDP stuff. Uh, I like talking about IDP stuff. I know we don't do that a lot on here, but uh, I'm a big. We have an IDP in a lot of my leagues, so I definitely am more than happy to discuss IDP players as well. Yeah, me too. Sounds great. Well, hey, if you guys have any questions, you know where to find us at the Oddsbreakers and at info at the Oddsbreakers.com. Have a great rest of your week and go get some winners.